Hey, Ray, how you feeling? You know, when the temperatures drop and we get that winter feeling things, it really affects me more. That's when I get that aching in my bones. But I found that CBD and medicinal together can take care of the majority of my aches and pains. The ones that, you know, you have every day as you age, but also the ones that you get from all those activities of taking care of business in the fall. No kidding. I've been doing a lot of raking because we have so many old trees around our house that you rake one day and then two days later... The yard's filled up with leaves again, so it's a Think of it as a workout program. (laughs) It totally is a workout program, but like you, the CBD with the medicinal makes a huge difference in relieving pain and allowing me to function normally. And that's why we're happy to have One CBD as our sponsor here on the podcast. Uh, Go to OneCBD.com, that's O-N-E-C-B-D.com, or follow them on at OneCBDLife on Twitter, and you can find out about all the aspects of what OneCBD does to help you with your pain. One of the things that I like the most, Marcus, is that everything they purchase to be used in their CBD is 100% organically grown hemp free from pesticides and fertilizers, and that's important because it's important to know what you put in your body. I also like the fact that they're third-party lab-tested and made in the USA. Because they're third-party lab-tested, we know that there is some science backing up and making sure that what they're putting out is high quality and it's made right here in the USA, so jobs are provided. That science It's the science of nano emulsion. I don't know what it is, but it sounds impressive. And they know what it is, and they know how to take care of business when it comes to your pain. At 1CBD, check them out online at 1CBD.com. O-N-E-C-B-D.com. Achieve a renewed sense of balance. Hey, Marcus. Hey, what? You don't know how it feels to be me, man. Because I've been smoking the wildflowers. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Ray Coop. I'm Marcus in the darkest. That's that's high with a GH. Uh, Because we're doing an episode about Tom Petty. So you got to be high. And and it's about the album Wildflowers, one one of the really great albums of the '90s, that seems to get more popular and bigger, better as far as how people feel about it over the course of time. Certainly over the last mm, 25 years, it seems to pull people to it more and more. And I think people really, when they talk about Tom Petty and looking back at his discography now that, especially now that he's passed. Wildflowers is one of those albums that will always, always, always come up in conversation because of how good it is all the way through. Not that any of his albums are bad, but there's something special about the sound and the energy and the feels of Wildflowers. Oh, hold on. I was holding that hit until you finished your sentence. (laughs) 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 But... That's and and here we are, and that's I don't know where the hell we're going, but I'll tell you what. Let me get to the point. Let's roll another joint and talk about the great Tom Petty album, Wildflowers. Here on the Imbalance History of Rock and Roll, 
uh, sponsored by 1CBD at onecbd.com and by Crooked Eye Brewery in the heart of Hapro, pouring the cure for what ails you since 2014. We talked about this uh, not that long ago because Tom's birthday was coming up, right? Yes, it is. And with his birthday coming up, we had to honor him in some way because he is one of those singer-songwriters whose presence is really missed. And you feel that hole in the rock and roll world with him not here anymore. Born October 20th, 1950, Thomas Earl Petty became an American icon. And it's a lot of grist and a lot of heart and a lot of everything that goes into it. But it all just seemed to come so naturally to Tom. His band, The Heartbreakers, probably the most underrated backup band, because you can't really call them that. That's like calling the E Street Band Bruce's backup band. They are a unit together right to the end right to the end of tom's life literally days before he would pass away unexpectedly and tragically they were playing shows he had a solo itch that really came out with full moon fever that album really was an extension of the heartbreakers if you think about it because they were all on it to one degree or other and other people were involved and you had jeff lynn involved so it wasn't exactly what a Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers album would be. And yet, it would be like another five years before he would, four or five years before he would put out his second solo Tom Petty album without the Heartbreakers, but again, with the Heartbreakers playing on all the tracks and doing different things as sidemen. I know there's a semantics thing and a, a focus thing in there, but that's what wildflowers is it's the the second compendium of hey these are all the things i've been thinking about that don't fit on the heartbreakers records kind of a record it also shows the closeness that he had with mike campbell because mike campbell was also involved in the production a lot of the music and the demos were just tom and mike playing together and singing which i'm really looking forward to when they release all of the wildflowers package that we've been waiting for for a couple of years now, it will be absolutely wonderful to hear those demos. Just based on the, the taste that we've had, I think you're absolutely right, partner. What I found out, what I learned early on as we dug into wildflowers and started looking into the extended version, the box set that we're looking forward to hearing, I found out that originally Tom and uh, company thought that this would be a double album. The gang at Warner Brothers uh, didn't agree, but there was all the rest. And all the rest is some pretty interesting material just based on what we've just heard. Uh, a little bit of the tip of the iceberg, if you will. These are songs that didn't make the cut. I heard Confusion Wheel, then I heard it finished. And I heard it demoed from the home recordings. And that's a song that I could see having made the album. So the discussion will begin once the full box set hits and the home recordings. And we already know that the home recordings on this project are tasty, especially everybody's favorite. You don't know how it feels. I'm so tired of being tired. Sure as night will follow day. Things that I worry about never happen anyway. Uh, even with the, the whole se second verse being different and the feel being different, uh, we know how it feels. And the chorus, of course, 
means it's time to get to the point and roll another joint here on the Amelance History of Rock and Roll. One of the songs that was a staple of his live show was Girl on LSD, and it became more and more popular, I think, as he played it more and more. And we had heard that a few times. I think it was released as a B-side to one of the singles on Wildflowers. I was in love with a girl on marijuana She said if I'm not stoned I don't wanna But she got so paranoid Her place I would avoid I was in love with a girl on marijuana Reading about him wanting to make that a double album versus what it turned out to be, I would be willing to bet money the label battles got pretty intense. And at that time, things weren't where they are from a thinking standpoint here 25 years later, 25 years plus later. Uh, you have so many different options where they could have just found the, the compromise and made it work with all the technology and different things you can do that you couldn't do when you were planning stuff out in the 90s before everything went to hell in a handbasket with uh, the free downloads and stuff like that. I remember that phase. I know one thing. uh, The home recordings thing is something that I'm really looking forward to hearing more of, mainly because the couple tracks that I've been able to catch so far really kind of piqued my interest in it. You belong among the wildflowers You belong on a boat out at sea the idea that we're getting to sit in on the demo sessions for what has increasingly become one of the most popular Tom Petty albums uh, that he ever made. Uh, just the depth of the songs, I think the, the, the sound and his, his approach and the way that the guys are there backing them up all the way through. Ben Montench uh, has an incredible part in all of the stuff throughout this with his keyboard work always. And these three guys, the way they work together, it's pretty incredible. Always working as a unit, if you will. Yeah, they seem to have that special chemistry as far as putting and crafting songs together. And Ben Mont's keyboards throughout this entire album are remarkable whether he's playing the piano or whether he's playing one of the other keyboard instruments throughout his work is beautiful and you feel it and you hear it just like you feel and hear mike's guitar throughout one of the things that i did notice that i thought was really interesting about this album because we re-listened to it this week is you know how some of the older stuff has that sort of yardbirds twang to it Uh uh-huh it was missing from this album it seemed to be a little flatter kind Mm -hmm. of in that rick rubin style it had a total different feel, kind of like he was starting over with a whole new something. And that's why I think he got Ruben involved, because Ruben is always known for his edge in a lot of his production style, if the band has an edge, but he's also known for helping artists uh, to progress and to see their vision, too. And that's why I think a lot of the stuff on there screams Rick Rubin at the controls, and there's stuff on there that's different from what he's known for, and certainly some of the tastiest stuff on the record is some of those deep tracks that you don't hear on the radio all the time that just make an incredible album to just put on and spend some time with. That's what I do all the time when I flip on Wildflowers. How can you not listen to this album all the way through? It's one of those albums that is put together very well. Song order is fantastic. 
The way the yeah. songs flow into each other is really fantastic. And even though you might have something mellow and, and very Americana-ish like Wildflowers, you may get something more rocking like Wreck Me right after something like that. But it doesn't sound like a train wreck. It actually flows together. The feels are there. Yes. And what do we always say? It's like they thought about it. <laughs> and they definitely did. One of those things where you mentioned Americana and a lot of the um, the, the NPR, non-com type stations really championed this album from the beginning. There were rock songs too, but the long haul growth of popularity for the album Wildflowers uh, owes a lot to the uh, non-coms of the world, the WXPNs of the world. It showed us all a different part of Tom. We know him as a rock and roller and, you know, a main guy in the Heartbreakers. But even more than he did on Full Moon Fever, which felt more like an extension of the Heartbreakers, this was a different picture of the guy that we all loved. We all, you know, everybody looked at Tom Petty at that point. You know, not only has he done solo stuff, he's a Wilbury. He's, and there he was, right, putting together some of the sweetest music of his whole career. Right there in the middle of the 1990s, as everything was changing, as all this stuff, all these tones were getting heavier and, and darker. There he is, just singing about wildflowers and being Tom Petty, California boy now. Yeah. So cool. Very cool. And he was going through a lot at that time period. Reading up, I found yes. out that he was going through a divorce. His marriage was falling apart. The original drummer of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers was... Stan of, Lynch. Stan Lynch yeah. was had left the band during the Mary Jane session. So they had to find somebody else to replace him. There was a whole drama there that involved Lynch. There was an ongoing thing in the, in the, in the press and the trades and all that stuff for a while. It was whether he was coming back at all. And that's the period of time where we mentioned, right as we were getting ready to roll tape today, where Dave Grohl came in and sat in on tour with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers uh, you mentioned that he was offered the job and turned it down because he was working on the Foo Fighters. He also played on Tom he Petty's. Had plans. Yep. yep. He also played on Tom Petty's uh, Saturday Night Live appearance as well. So they settle on Steve Ferrone, and he's pretty much been in the chair since then uh, through all the years, right up to the end. And it doesn't look like we'll be seeing more Heartbreakers tours, but you never say never. You know, it's Campbell's working on stuff, and you just never know what's going to happen once the pandemic gets uh, wrapped up and we start to get back to some semblance of normal concerts and things like that. I don't know when that's going to be, Marcus, but it's going to happen sooner or later. But, yeah, that was uh, Grohl's little rub-up. Uh, with uh, being a heartbreaker and it wasn't the right place for him and I'm glad that he did what he did because look what we got out of the Foo Fighters move no kidding the Foo Fighters turned out to be a great band and you know what else this album has in common with all of that it was recorded at uh, Studio City in Van Nuys California that studio's magical Dave Grohl and Nirvana did Nevermind there Tom Petty did Ah. Damn the Torpedoes and a bunch of other records at Studio City, there was something special about that place, and that's where he uh, did Wildflowers. 
So that's where we are here on this episode of the Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll. I'm thirsty, man. We're talking about all this great music, talking about being in California on a nice sunny day. I always like to think of going to Venice Beach on a nice sunny day. If I could somehow transport us in the Imbalanced History time machine right now with a couple growlers of Crooked Eye Brew, I think we could do that during the break and then still be back for the second half. Let's do it. Crooked Eye Brewery right there in the heart of Hapro at York and Montgomery. A great place to go. Great people. And most importantly, fresh, delicious craft brews brewed right there on the premises by the one and only Jeff Mulherin. He is creative, man. He's made some pretty darn good beers over the time that they've been sponsoring us because I've had the pleasure of tasting quite a few. And I really like what he's doing with beer. And I love the environment and the atmosphere at Crooked Eye because you have music. You have live music. They have a turntable yeah. so you can play vinyl. And they have a very healthy set of vinyl. And and they have a jukebox now. They found an old jukebox that somebody what? was getting rid of. And, so they're, and it's stocked with great old 45s. I know. You weren't expecting that, were you? I definitely wasn't expecting that but boy they just keep adding to it and making it more and more appealing it's great what they're doing there and i want to talk to you about the brews went in recently and had a pint of the crooked ipa and i don't know what he's doing but man it tasted better than ever so new stuff for the season new stuff always but the standard crooked eye brews still tasting great always fresh Right there in Hatboro. And you know what else is really cool? Because they don't serve food, they've got food trucks coming. Yeah, more and more. And food trucks serve banging food. Get all the info on their Facebook, Crooked Eye Brewery, and online at crookedeyebrewery.com. Serving the cure for what ails you since 2014, Crooked Eye, our sponsor here on the podcast. Refreshed and ready to roll on the second half of Wildflowers from Tom Petty on the Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll. One of the things I want to talk about is one of the most popular songs, and that is You Don't Know How It Feels. People love to sing along at concerts when the Heartbreakers would play that. When he was doing it at home in the demo versions that are on the home recordings, and we've been playing on MMR and I think rock stations all across the world, but we're astounded to get. I'm just glad that they released that version to all of us so we could get it right away and and for us to hear it knowing that there's all these other songs some of which were part of all the rest is basically that second disc that we said in part one that they didn't want to put out at warner brothers and i don't know that they were wrong in this case i mean we always talk about the industry and sometimes we talk smack about their decisions here i don't know i don't know all the songs but it, maybe it was the right decision to make it a single album because look how big it's become is that because the quality is so strong all the way through i don't know we'll find out soon though right that is true but hearing what we've heard so far we know that the songs we've heard are still pretty damn strong whether they be the demo versions or whether they be songs like girl on lsd which was a b-side we know those I versions. I don't see that anywhere on here. What it's, album was that? That's from? on the B side of Wow. That was on the B side of the single. You don't know how it feels. Look at the uh, bottom on the demos. Song oh, there it 11. is. There it is. Man, there's so much stuff on this. I'm discovering more and more about what's going to be in this box set all the time. And I wish we had one to listen to all this stuff. I know. That would be really cool. Um, but let's talk about the original album for for a couple minutes here. Because that's the whole impetus for all this. Uh, the decision to make it a single album. And all the other things right around these songs. 
And it's a lot of songs, even though it wasn't as many as Tom wanted to originally release. We've been talking about it or dancing around it, really. We start with Wildflowers, the title track. It's just Tom and the guitar, not that different from the version that's on the home recordings. I was surprised when I first heard this album that he started off with this track because he jumps into You Don't Know How It Feels from there, but to set the tone of the album with an acoustic number changes the whole feel of how you listen to it. You're listening to it now in a way where you might be looking at Tom on the other side of the couch and he's playing the guitar and singing to you. My old man was born to rock all instincts must have been correct. It becomes a number one rock track in the U.S., number three on the airplay chart in Canada, uh, debuts at number 13 on the Billboard Hot 100. It becomes a top 40 hit, and that album wasn't expected to yield anything to top 40. So it's kind of like a win-win for everybody, and everybody's feeling good about the video awards and everything all about the whole project. Not knowing that this thing was going to have a life years beyond uh, its initial work shelf life at the record company. It's one of those albums that when we look back at classic albums, it's one that will be mentioned or time stamped as an important part of the his, the rock and roll timeline because of what it was, when it was. I mean, look at a lot of the Seattle music that was so doomy and gloomy and dark and heavy. And then you have this, yeah. which is so opposite. And yet it's all very good. But this is so opposite of that, and it it feels so different. It gives you the light at the end of the tunnel that the Seattle music maybe didn't have at that time period, or the rock and roll music didn't have at that time period. The next track on the album, Time to Move On, is a good example of what you're talking about. Very different from that. Uh, kind of a laid-back thing, and that goes into You Wreck Me. Oh. One of the big rock songs co-written with Mike Campbell. Uh, more of Mike's stamp on it, that Campbell guitar sound all over it. And that one uh, has gone on to have uh, a lot of cover versions of it as well. It's just a great rock song there in the middle of this feel that he's putting together on Wildflowers. We're exploring Tom Petty's Wildflowers on the Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll. Your hand is in the air, sir. That usually means you have something to tell us. Yeah, Mike Campbell was talking about the writing of You Wreck Me, and originally it was called You Rock Me. And okay. it sounded very cliche, and it sounded very, oh, everybody's done a You Rock Me song. Live for a while saying You Rock Me, and then one day, either Tom Petty or Mike Campbell said, I've got it. One of them changed it to You Wreck Me, and it stuck. And it completely changed the feel of the song. And the meaning, and it expresses something specific rather than something generic, which the word rock might have been. This is something more specific. When you tell a, a person that you're attracted to, you wreck me, baby, 
Now it means something. Oh, yeah. It <laughs> totally means something. I mean, you can definitely tell people you rock me, but when you wreck them, it's a whole new level. The next song is a little more traditional Tom Petty sounding. I would say it's good to be king. I always uh, love the Mel Brooks line in the movie. It's good to be the king. It's good to be the king. Hey. <laughs> Great rock song, and then Only a Broken Heart. And a song that was a single, I think, but didn't really go the full nine yards with it, Honeybee. All right, here we go. A little number we call Give Me Some Sugar, Little Honey, Natural Bee. Great, Great song. And it's the time of the beginning doing a little sweet honeybee thing. It's like just, you know, him feeling the old blues guy a little bit. And I'm surprised that with the rest of the album this song didn't take off as a radio single because it's as good as you wreck me you don't know how it feels i think it got to be a medium in quotes you think so it got to be a medium so it got to be rotation and it stopped there but i would think that that would still become a recurrent or a gold hit because tom petty is one of those artists where you can play so much of his catalog and people really like it and know it not only because he's played so much of this stuff live, but because people who like Tom Petty know his catalog. One, two, three, four. The next song is one he wrote with Campbell, Don't Fade On Me. Most of the songs, though, are Tom writing solo, and that's kind of the, the nature of the album. There's a few exceptions, and we've already noted them. Uh, songs like Hard On Me and Cabin Down Below, To Find a Friend. These are all songs that speak to a time and place for Tom, where he was in life, what he was going through. Uh, it spoke to the changes in his band as they searched for a new drummer and changing personnel. Always things were changing inside the Heartbreakers. That's why they're one of the great rock and roll bands of all time. I think one of the most underrated. This album just, you know, it goes deep into songs like I, A Higher Place, House in the Woods, which is a nice rocker, crawling back to you, wake up time. It's kind of a, it's funny because it's kind of a sleepy way to, to ease out of this record that is a great way to just put on music and relax your brain. Even if you're not talking to Medusa, uh, it will relax your brain and it won't turn you to stone. So I don't know about you, bro, but I can't wait to get the, uh, the rest, all the rest. I really can't it's, either. It's it, there's there's promising sounding stuff in there. You know, I get that way about I see a list of new titles or songs for an album. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Climb that hill blues. That could be good. How about California? What's Harry Green all about? Hope you never. How confusion about, I hope I get wheel. it all soon. What's a confusion wheel? Oh, my exactly. And who's so. steering it? And a couple of things on the uh, album I want to talk about, like to find a friend. Ringo Starr played some of the drums on that. He did. That's cool. His Ringo Starr energy fits with it because he's Ringo Starr and he's happy. And, and I also noticed listening back to it, like Ma Mike Campbell's guitar work is so beautiful. And mm -hmm. he is an underrated guitarist. He plays a beautiful guitar. And you really notice it on Don't Fade On Me. Hey, you know what I almost forgot? And that is that Michael Kamen is the guy conducting and building the orchestration on songs like Wildflowers, Time to Move On, Wake Up Time, Good to Be King. Oh, wow. And he's one of those figures in Hollywood music that's just done so much amazing things in his career. And he was able to get him involved to help give them what they needed for that little 
you know, part of the sound of the wildflower soundscape. And yeah, they involved all different kinds of people and they even found a way to get Steve Ferrone initiated into the, the group a little bit. And they got one of the Beach Boys out of the house, getting Carl Wilson to do some backing vocals on Honeybee. All good stuff, right? Oh, very good. I still can't believe that that didn't do better as a radio hit because it's a good song and it's one that would fit very well in any rock and roll radio station. When you look at an album that ends up selling triple platinum, a solo album from a guy who's in a Hall of Fame band, you never know what to expect. Triple platinum says it all, and that's pretty good for any record. Now, the question is, if it was a double album, as was originally planned by Tom Petty, does it go triple platinum? What do you think? I think it would probably have gone triple platinum. He was hot at that time between Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, his solo work, the Traveling Wilburys. You could not lose with Tom Petty albums. And to get a double album from Tom Petty that wasn't a live album, I think would have been something that people would have really clung on to or held on to because you remember when uh, Zeppelin put out a double album and... I remember when uh, who else put out double albums? Uh, Peter Frampton Comes Alive was a big double album. So there were a Mm -hmm. lot of good double albums over the years. London Calling's a great double album. I know that's over a decade earlier, but it also seemed that the labels and the music industry were gearing away from that type of uh, stuff in the 90s. An endeavor, yes. That kind of an endeavor. I think it would have done really well, and I think it might have even had a chance to go four or five platinum because of the double. I think it's also related to other plans. Uh, the last uh, Heartbreakers album was Into the Great Wide Open in 91. This would be the only thing they'd get from Tom Petty, and other than what he did for the Wilburys, which brought him into the Warner's fold, I guess. They would do She's the One, which was uh, music as a soundtrack for, as an album for a soundtrack. And then uh, 1999's Echo from the Heartbreakers. Tom has another solo album in him after that with 2006's Highway Companion. But they pretty much just kept playing and touring and rotating and rolling, right? Even before that father's father day, and uh, as a band, I think they got, they got better and better as time went on. No matter what banner they were recording and releasing under, you know, uh, Echo in 99, The Last DJ in 2002, uh, Mojo in 2010, Hypnotic Eye in 2014. The end, unexpected from the outside, maybe not as much from the inside of the Heartbreaker Circle, pretty much wraps things up unceremoniously for all of us and for the band and for their friends and family. Uh, and we all have to steal every day, first off, be grateful that we lived in a world where Tom Petty gave us music and when you think about it sometimes especially the songs on Wildflowers mm-hmm. kind of gets you a little bit does for me it is it's a special album and there are people who say maybe it's his pinnacle um, Rick Rubin was talking about it and he had said in one of the documentaries that Tom Petty told him that Wildflowers scares him He's not really sure why it's as good as it is, so he kind of has been haunted by the fact that it's that good, and he doesn't understand why, which wow. it's it's hard to wrap your head around that kind of uh, thinking, but he knows how good the album is, but I guess reconciling why has been a, was a challenge for Tom Petty. 
I think, Marcus, that's a key component in what makes an artist great. That kind of self-examination or reflection, an approach that doesn't take it too seriously, even though we all do. Tom is just a great guy. We talk about it sometime. Uh, my interactions with him uh, were always interesting, and we could talk about that uh, another time here on the Imbalance History of Rock and Roll. Of course, it's uh, his birthday on the 20th, but October 2nd is also the anniversary of his passing. They call it an accidental drug overdose, and, and, and the real story is more than that and very, very sad. And I miss him. It's only been a couple of years, but it feels like a lot longer. Why do you feel like it was more than accidental and maybe they knew something inside the camp? Because, I mean, we were all shocked by it. It was definitely a sudden, yeah. what the hell is this? No way, no way, no way. Why do you It's feel not that something way? I think we should talk about right now because okay. I don't think we're properly prepared to discuss it. But Fair. there are things that I read and things that I've seen in, uh, uh, along the way over the last few years uh, that say that there was more to it. I just want to talk about the music, uh, an album that we both love, even though we both have some crazy differences in our musical tastes and what we, we <laughs> listen to in our free time and what we're into. We both love some things together in the That's same true. way, and, or differently even, but Wildflowers from Tom Petty is definitely an album that we've talked about plenty. And uh, with his birthday coming up, you were like, hey, why don't we talk about Wildflowers? They've got that spanky new box set coming mm -hmm. out. Uh, just in time for holiday giving. So I'm sure we'll be uh, both putting uh, that on our list to Santa in our life. What do you think? It's something already on my list for sure. Okay. It's something it's you got to start on. thinking about. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be that time of year. That we're going to start counting down to the uh, shopping days and all that stuff. So. Yeah, we do have to mention the shopping days. <sighs> but Tom Petty is somebody that, again, it's one of those albums that, with its timestamp, came at such an important time in rock and roll. He was in a transition phase. He basically went in with a blank slate and created this masterpiece that haunted him because he doesn't understand how he made it so well. That's kind of mind-blowing, mind-bending to wrap your head around. Yet we try every time we get together here on the podcast <laughs> to wrap our gray matter around these kind of things. Hey, and if, you if it have wasn't any... so much fun, it would be it would be considered masochism. But we learn so much, and hopefully, we help you learn a little bit. And don't forget, it's a two way street. So you can always email us at imbalancehistory at gmail .com. Uh, Look for us on social media platforms. We're on Facebook, uh, we're on Twitter, and on Instagram. Right? We're we on are Instagram on Instagram. Now. We are yep. on Instagram. So, imbalanced history of rock and roll. You'll see our green logo right there. All you got to do is pull it up. But if we missed something, forgot something, or if you want to share your memories of hearing Wildflowers as a new album or what it means to you and how yep. it's impacted you, we'd love to hear your feels on this great, great album. One more thing before we sign off, brother. Uh, we have recently expanded our distributions to Pandora. And we thank those of you who are finding us on Pandora and tuning into the Imbalance History there. And uh, via Amazon Music, they have just taken on a big podcast initiative, and we are now distributed through there as well. So if you're finding us in those applications, welcome. Um, tell us where you are. Where That is always a good thing to do. You can do that uh, through our uh, website, or Imbalance History, 
Uh.com, or you can just find us on social media. Whatever works for you works for us, and our mission is to work harder to have more fun in uh, 2021 <laughs> because 2020 has sucked so far, basically. Yes, it has. We'll make uh, 2021 for, better. Yeah, it has to be. More fun in 2021. That's our new motto here more on the fun in history of rock and roll. Hang on, thank you very much. Is it time to go? Is I think it, it is. We want to wrap things up. Hey, thanks to Tom Petty for making this record and Rick Rubin for helping him and all the guys from the Heartbreakers and all the other people who chipped in, even Ringo. Yeah. And it makes for a fun episode and a great listen. You can find it. I suggest you go get the box set if you already love this album. That's what I'm hoping to do. Or maybe Santa will bring it. Uh, so enjoy the music, which is what it's really all about. And we'll catch you next time. I'm Ray Coop. I'm Marcus in the Darkest. And this is the Imbalance History of Rock and Roll. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.